Now, if you're working with a lot of people, um, whether you're teaching, coaching, leading organizations, you have customers and clients, you're going to want to be able to uh, get what you want from them without making that sound selfish. Um, but the only way that you can really do that is to connect with people uh, with the heart. It's the only way that you can really get them to uh, get what you want from them, basically. Now, Ibn Arabi, uh, he said that the way to do this is something called khairangi. Now, khairangi, um, there isn't actually an actual uh, direct definition of this in English. Um, so you could call it radical wonder. You could call it radical amazement, radical bewilderment. You could call it marvel. You could just call it wonder. Um, there's multiple things that you can call it. But in a nutshell, the way that I understand it or the way that I, I feel about it, it's actually marvel, to actually mo really marvel at something or someone. And um, if you don't know who Ibn Arabi is, I mean, anybody who's watched Earth to Grill uh, over the last couple of years, they already know um, that, you know, this person purportedly was the one that uh, was a mentor to Ertugrul, who was the father of Osman that that went and um, uh, founded the Ottoman Empire and was a, probably the largest uh, empire on earth and the most successful in its time. So this person's thoughts and words are very heavy and are not to be taken lightly. They're, they're, they're to be taken very, very seriously. And so he talks about Herangi and he actually says that Herangi is the way to bring uh, the non-manifest um, into the manifest. So it's the way to bring whatever you have inside of you, um, you know, the things that you want out into reality. So this is where Herangi comes in, like the radical wonder or the radical amazement and things. Um, and this can actually be uh, used uh, with people as well. It's very, very powerful. Uh, but the best way to explain it is actually the challenge that I've had myself, in fact, um, over the last few years. One of the problems that I've had is even though I've helped um, the amount of founders and CEOs that I've now spoken to over the last probably five years, I don't even know what the number is anymore. It's at least 500, if not 1,000. It's a big number. I've spoken to so many, and a lot of them... Um, a fair chunk of them of those have been actual clients, but not all of them. Um, but I've had some sort of conversation with them where I can see, um, you know, where they kind of want my advice in some way, or they, um, I can see uh, where things, uh, you know, where the gaps are in, in the business that they're running or the organization that they're running. Um, because I've done this so much now, because I've done this so often, um, it actually doesn't take me long to understand uh, where a founder or CEO is at with their business. Um, a lot of the times I can figure it out in around about two or three minutes of conversation. Um, but it doesn't mean that I normally say something because you can't go to, generally speaking, you can't go to a founder and CEO and say, the CEO of an organization walk in and immediately you can tell something and the CEO is saying, oh, you know, we can't seem to retain our staff and we can't get this business to take off and we're having this issue and we're having that issue. It's very difficult to say to the CEO, well, actually, uh, the only reason your business is failing is because, um, uh, you know, um, you, you're you not treating your staff very well. They just don't take that very, it just doesn't sit well with them. Um, but normally you can see it. Now, 
I've had this issue. I've, I've constantly had this issue where I give solid business advice, solid business strategy to a CEO or a founder or somebody, you know, who's running an organization. And one way or the other, they find a way to sabotage themselves. So the strategy never works. And then they find uh, some, in some cases, they even find an excuse to actually blame me as to why the strategy didn't work. Um, you know, it's the metaphorical equivalent. It's not even the metaphorical. It's, it, you know, it's the, the analogy that I like to give is like, you know, if, say, for example, I call an Uber and, you know, it's let's say it's 5 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon and I call an Uber and I say, I'm out, let's say I'm outside of London and I want to drive into London. And, you know, on the Uber app now, you get an ETA to say, well, you know, this app, this Uber can get you into London for 5.30, for example. So within 30 minutes. But I get into the Uber um, and then I say, actually, you know what, can you just hold on a second? Um First of all, uh, you know, I just need to run to the bathroom again or something, or I just need to find go and find my key. So I delay five minutes there. I jump into the, t- I finally jump into the Uber, and then I go. I, I say go to the supermarket. I pick some things up to the supermarket. So oh, just a second, can we just drop some things off, off at my grandma's? Just drop these groceries off. And by the time I'm finished, uh, before we've even uh, really started on the journey, it's already five thirty. So the, by that, that time we get into London, it's like six p.m. And then there's me blaming the the Uber driver or the taxi driver saying, you promised me the, you know, the app said you'd get me here for 5.30. You promised me you'd have, you if, you'd have me here for 5.30, but it's now six o'clock. And he's trying to explain to me that the only reason why there's been a delay is because I'm the cause of the delay, because I'm getting in my own way, because I said, let's stop off at the supermarket and let's stop off at, um, you know, let's stop off at my grandma's, right? So I'm not seeing this. So And then he's trying to convince me that you're like the cause of this issue. So I've had this in the same way. Like, there's nothing wrong with the strategies that I've given to these people. There's nothing wrong with the business advice. But they find a way to get in their own way. And then the strategy never materializes. It, it, you can never realize the full potential of the strategy. And it's actually been really frustrating for me um, because it becomes difficult to get more and more work because you go to a new prospective client and say, OK, well, who have you worked with before? And what were the results like? And you're like, well, I worked with this person but there were no results because it got in their own way. Or I worked with this person, but there were no results. So that becomes a massive issue um, in itself. It's also really frustrating because when you're working with somebody, you want them to be able to do, uh, you know, if you give some advice to somebody, anybody, if you're a personal trainer, if you are a, um, a music trainer, if you're a teacher, if you're a coach, if you're a strategist, any of these things, when you're working with somebody else and you're coaching them in some way, you want to be able to see the fruits of that. Right, but even in an organization, if you if you're a movie director, you want the actors to act in a particular way. You are running a nonprofit. You're just running a team. Whatever you 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 need this participation, but you need to be able to get through to people um, as well. So this has been a big problem for me, and um, I I've kind of always just tried to find ways to get around it, but it's always been an issue. Sometimes I've said what what's needed to be said. It hasn't gone down very well. Sometimes it has. Sometimes, well, a lot of the times what's actually happened is I've just bit my lip. I haven't really said anything. Even though I know that that's what the key issue is. It's like being the taxi driver, knowing that the only reason we have a delay um, is because the, the passenger is, is, is being problematic, but not really said anything about it and just kind of held it in because I want to get paid or I just don't want bad feedback, right? There's need there. So I've done those things. But I, I've been learning from, from my sheikh. He's been teaching me um, 
this, this, this thing of like learning to get the heart in order. And he's been teaching me a number of things. And um, so I've been learning this. I wouldn't say that I've fully cracked it yet, but I've definitely had milestone move, uh, uh, moments as a result of this. So the, the things that um, he's taught me and the things that I've learned from this, the first thing is, um, is need, right? If you have need, um, it doesn't matter if it's in a large amount or if it's in a small amount. When you have need, what you're actually doing is you're enslaved to your nafs. And when you're enslaved to your nafs, right, your nafs is actually going to open you up to abuse and disrespect. So if I'm a taxi driver, for example, and I've got a passenger, if I don't say anything to that person as to why they're delaying me, right, I'm not saying anything because I have need, because I'm worried that I might get a poor review or I might not get paid or this person might go and say bad things about me to anybody else. I now have need of them, not of Allah Ta'ala. So that person can then abuse me. He can delay me and then still give me a bad review and say this person didn't get me to, to London on time, for example. So need opens us up to uh, abuse. And what we have to do is recognize that we only need Allah Ta'ala, right? And also not be attached to the outcome. So not to worry about uh, what the outcome is going to be. Just have our sincerest intention and do what we need to do. The other thing is, then, is to practice herangi, you have to actually marvel, right? So if I'm talking to someone, if I have a, a, a client and I'm talking to them and I'm working with them, I have to practice herangi on that person. I have to have something that I can marvel in or about them. So the way that I've learned to do this now is I'll focus on their voice, right? I, I'll just, I'll marvel at their voice. I'll marvel at what they say, the way that they conduct themselves. I'll find something to marvel about. Like this is me practicing herangi. And you might think, well, what is so powerful about that? What's so good about it? It's amazingly powerful. It, I'm, I'm absolutely staggered at how powerful it actually is. It's because it's not... It, the what happens is it's not something that happens at a conscious level with the other person it's it's not even subconscious it's like it's almost like at a quantum level it's so deep um and i've seen the results of this um just within the last couple of weeks uh and it's so powerful but you have to practice herangi but you can only the only way you can practice herangi is if you love the other person right you it doesn't like we especially uh, um in in eastern cultures and especially as muslims we can get incredibly judgmental right the woman that i'm speaking to she's not wearing a hijab she's not mahram to me so i shouldn't be speaking to her she's only a woman or um you know uh this person uh, uh is not muslim so for that reason uh, they don't know what they're talking about or whatever we can't be operating like this Right, Rasulullah came as a mercy to mankind. He had mercy for his enemies. He had love for people. So we, you have to have love because if you don't love the other person, you're not going to be able to uh, marvel at them. You can't marvel at someone that you hate, or that you just dislike, or you, or, or someone that you're even judging. You can only marvel at somebody that you that you love, or you admire, or you respect. So you got to find something that you can admire that, about that person. And the thing is, every person is the entire cosmos. This, I think this was also something that either Rumi said or Ibn Arabi said, but multiple people have said this, that in fact, uh, even um, uh, Imam Ali, uh, um, which is the right term for that, I don't know, but even he said uh, about, um, you know, that the entire cosmos is, is inside of you. So every person is an entire cosmos, so you can't taint that person with your um, experience, 
right? Um, you can't just just because you've met one person that was uh, one kind of like you know I don't know you, you meet a particular kind of business person that wears a pink sweater for example and you just assume everybody who wears a pink sweater is is the same kind of person you can't have those assumptions or those presumptions um but when you overlook that and you start marveling in something about that person there is a shift that starts to take place and it and it's so deep it's unbelievable um and so i've been practicing this um you know, just marveling at the other person. That's what Herangi is, just to marvel or just to have some radical wonder uh, at the other person. And I've been doing this over the last couple of weeks. And believe it or not, I had one person uh, that was sobbing uncontrollably over the phone and really, really telling me what was in the depths of their hearts. I've had another person uh, uh, get really emotional. Um, I've been I've been able to get uh, through, through to a couple of other people, like just really, really easily. They just get straight to the point. Because what happens is when you're doing the herangi, that person's heart open starts to open up. And then you can really get to the bottom of what's going on with them, right? They really open their heart up to you and then you can whisper. This is what my sheikh says is that, what you know, you, you listen and you listen and you marvel and you marvel and you keep doing the uh, herangi at them. And then, um, you, you know, they open up and they unlock uh, and, then you, and then you whisper at them. You just whisper that little bit in and you just get it in. And it's amazing how well that's worked for me. Like, you know, recognizing that I don't need to have need of the other person. And then recognizing that I don't need to be attached to the outcome. But also really loving the other person, really admiring them. Uh, and, you know, wish for yourself what you wish for your brother. So wishing them well inside of my heart. When you carry that energy inside of you, it's amazing how well it actually transmits. It, it, it actually manifests. I'm actually, like I keep saying, I'm actually staggered by how, much, how well it manifests. And I was actually really surprised by these reactions that I had towards me. Um, and what I found is, you know, you get rid of the need, you don't attach yourself to the outcome, you love the other person, and then you practice the herangi, is that you start getting the results very, very quickly. I've had situations where I've been working with people for like hours and hours and days and days and months and months and just about got to the point like three, four, five months later and it's so exhausting. It's exhausting, it's difficult, and, and they still you don't really quite get the point i had a uh a, a client uh last year i gave him a strategy no word of a lie i gave him a strategy that he by his own admission said that if he'd implemented the strategy it probably would have uh it probably would have turned his business into a hundred million dollar business no joke but he found a way of rationalizing not doing it, not following the strategy. It was like, oh no, there's too much competition. I'm too old. I don't have the resources, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. And I knew, I already knew that there, there's some deep-seated fear here as to why he, he's rationalizing this and why he's sabotaging himself and why he can't pull off the strategy. But I couldn't get through to him. I just couldn't get him to just open up and get that fear across. Like, like, like open up to me and tell me what that fear is or whatever, what's going on inside his heart. I just couldn't do it. But now I'm reasonably confident that if I'd been doing the herangi, it would have come out and I would have been able to whisper it and I would have been able to get through to that fear. And, um, you know, one of the things that happened for me yesterday, which is why I did this uh, post on Facebook and Twitter to say I finally cracked it, was I actually had a youngster come on uh, uh, a discovery call with me yesterday. He'd read my book um, and he was he's, he's been having some struggle. I don't want to share too much details because I don't, I don't really have his permission and I don't want to upset him in any way. But um, just kind of to briefly just kind of summarize it, 
And um, anyway, he'd read the book and he'd had some problem with his parents. They wouldn't let him get into entrepreneurship. He hasn't, he hadn't done, he's young. He hadn't done too well at school. Um, he really likes the idea of entrepreneurship. He'd read my book. That kind of encouraged him and inspired him even more. It just made him even more convinced he wants to go into entrepreneurship. And um, But he had a lot of uh, resistance from his parents that kind of, you know, weren't too happy about it. And he was really feeling that. It was really bothering him. But uh, he had a really good product idea. Um, and he did a, a course of, <clears throat> excuse me, he did a course of mine. And um, he said that uh, we spoke in the, in, obviously in this call. And I gave him uh, a strategy after he'd done the course. I gave him a strategy. The strategy was solid and he knew it was solid. Um, and, it, and it will work if he implements it. But I was practicing the hair on you and I could, I, I was trying to sense and feel his heart. And I could tell there was a fear there that despite the fact that the strategy is really good, I could tell he was going to fail. And not because of the strategy, but because there was something inside of him, because there's this fear inside of him, that would manifest. Whatever's inside your heart, it manifests. So he would then end up, uh, without even consciously realizing, he would end up sabotaging himself. So he would find a way to fail. The fact that his parents are disappointed in him and the fact that he's internalized that, he would find a way to keep disappointing them. So despite the fact that the strategy is solid, it, it would never fully realize itself. That's the issue. This is the issue that I've been having. So... I kind of, I did the herangi, I got through to him and I started talking to him about it and then it started coming out a little bit and he was like, yeah, I, you know, I, my parents are disappointed in me and I think that I'm a failure and I'm afraid to fail, I'm afraid to disappoint them and we started going over it and I started talking to him and then I got him to, I got him to close his eyes and I got him to like change the decision in its heart because what manifests out there is, is the decision that we make in our heart, it manifests in reality. We just often, we're not aware of the decisions that we're making subconsciously um, in our heart, but they manifest. I mean, the whole of reality that we have is it's what's going on inside of us. That's, what, that's what's manifesting outwardly. So I had to change that inside of him. Now, normally that would take me several months. Like he'd have to come back to me multiple times and then I'd get through to him and I'd probably be really frustrated by that point and then finally get through to him. And I'd be ranting all the way, probably like rant to my wife. It's like these guys, all this kind of stuff but that didn't happen and I managed to actually get through to him within 30 minutes I was able to give him uh, uh, a full-on uh, solid strategy and I was able to get through to him and get him to change what was going on inside of him internally inside of his heart and he actually said to me he goes I feel much calmer and I feel much lighter and he, he decided that he was going to write a letter to his dad and get him to understand he actually messaged me afterwards and he goes oh, I, I, I didn't realize how much resentment I had inside of me and I said to him, I said, well, that, that's what would have made you uh, end up, you know, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You would have end up, ended up manifesting that and you would have ended up causing a failure in your business. You would have been the cause of it without realizing it. But I got through to him and I just thought it was amazing. It was wonderful. But all of this was the power of herangi. Um, so it's a very powerful concept. Um, it's taken me a year to learn this. I was actually taught this in July of uh, 2017, and I just couldn't understand it. I didn't understand the point of it. Uh, I didn't understand how to implement it. Um, I just I just didn't get it. Um, and it's taken me until now to kind of, I mean, I had a number of problems over the last year. I've had a lot of challenges this year. And then some of you saw I did this post on Facebook that said, you know, what's been really frustrating for me as a strategist is not being able to get through to the uh, to the CEO, even though I know what the crux of the, the issue is. Um, and so it really forced me to go back to understanding what Herangi is. And uh, and I, I had this kind of conversation with this, with my sheikh and he kind of pointed it out to me. 
and then I realized, okay, um, this is what this is this is the missing piece. Um, but I certainly haven't mastered this. Um, this is definitely just the beginning, beginning, and I think it's going to get a lot better, inshallah. Um, I know other people. I know obviously my sheikh, um, and uh, other. Uh, there's a, uh, another person that I really admire, and she's gone and done this in some really. Uh, powerful ways um, and I can't wait to actually meet her and, and watch her in action and do this in action uh, but I haven't had a chance, had a chance to experience that just yet uh, but at least I'm learning this a little bit for myself um, and so um, I was asked by someone um, Ahmed Kari asked me he asked me to uh, to share this so I'm sharing this as I've learned this um, and inshallah I, 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 um, I encourage you all to try it and see how you get on and um, that's it. In fact, there's a question. Let me just see this question now. Uh, very insightful. Just one question. Uh, this is from Zia or Rahman. Uh, Walaikum uh, Very insightful. Just one question. You mentioned that we should not be concerned about the outcome. Just focus on the process. Did I understand it correctly? Yes. Um, it. You know what happens is. Let's say, for example, right? You are a, a, an actor and um, you've been doing independent small movies. And then if you're in Hollywood, for example, let's say suddenly, I don't know, Tom Cruise or Will Smith phones you and says, oh, I want you to be, I want you to be uh, a mainstream actor with me in this movie that I'm about to do. You would just go crazy because you just want that so much, right? Or if, say, you're in Bollywood and um, Shah Rukh Khan calls you or Garin Johar call, calls you or some of these kind of people, um, then um, what happens is, uh, you know, they call you and you because you want it so much, you get attached to the outcome, right? But if you go and see them um, and then for whatever reason, they, they just decide they don't want to hire you, for whatever reason, it might not even be your fault, then you can get really disappointed by that. But because you want it so much as well, your your need starts to manifest, okay? And that has... that. Man, that um, has a smell of desperation. Now, the, the the best way to explain that is like, you know, when I mean, guys will understand this a lot better than uh, they'll be able to relate to this probably a lot better. But when a guy is really desperate, right, the women can sense that, and they just they end up getting repelled by it, right? It, sometimes you know, some guys can be really desperate, and then they, uh, it, you know, the, the smell is really strong, and sometimes you can just have just you you don't even notice it yourself. It's just like a speck. Uh, of desperation you just have that need I want I really want to marry this woman or I really you know want this person in my life but they can smell that and then you get abused by it you get taken for a ride the, the, the uh, you know it uh, I, you know I don't mean abuse in the harassment sense I just mean as in uh you get taken advantage of right I just mean that in the broadest tamest sense you know the, the woman she might meet you and you might go out for a meal or whatever and you think this, she's really she's really into this but she might just be agreeing to meet you because she doesn't know how to let you down or she um you know she thinks okay well, I'm going to get a free meal out of it and I'm not saying every woman is a gold digger not not what I'm saying at all I'm just demonstrating an example it goes both ways you know guys they, they notice if a if a if a woman is needy and they just take advantage of them they get something out of it but like it happens and this happens in business as well and it happens in all these places but it opens you up to get your you're, you're getting abused because you're enslaved to your nafs at that point and that blinds you you can't see what's going on and then you can't you you don't you lose sight of reality so you don't understand the reality of the situation until much much later until after that person has abused you and then you see what was really going on and then you kick yourself but that's why you must not be attached to the outcome it you know it you got to remember this is always in Allah's hands 
Everything happens by his permission. If Shah Rukh Khan wants you in his in his movie, it doesn't matter what you do. I sorry, wrong way around. If Allah Ta'ala wants you in a movie with Shah Rukh Khan or with Will Smith or with uh, Tom Cruise, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to end up in that movie. It's, this is not in your control, right? And the, the reverse of that is true as well. So don't be attached to the outcome. And I know that's I know that's a lot easier said than it's done. I have this issue as well. We all have this issue. Um, but you'll be surprised at how quickly the other person can get a whiff of that desperation or of that need. It's very, very quick, right? And they might, the other person might not even sense it that quickly, right? They might not sense it consciously. I might, you, you know, if I'm talking to somebody else and I have need, I might not sense it consciously. But, at, you know, at a quantum level, it's taking place. So, you you know, you really, you have to replace that need with the need of Allah. Allah Ta'ala, I'm doing this for you. And, you know, my intention is only to do this for you. And if you will for this to happen, great. And if you don't, great as well. That's what this has to be. Assalamu alaikum.